Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. And welcome back to the dojo. This week, we're going to wrap up our dive into party splitting. So pull up a chair, grab a drink, because it's splitting the party. Part four, advanced dungeon mastings. Wow, I messed that up. Part four, advanced GM skills for party splitting this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Zapante, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Shh, do you hear that? The voices? <laughs> oh, do tell. One story, two GMs? Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand. It's not just the title of your favorite internet porn. <laughs> It's it's an advanced GMing technique. <laughs> and one that has become our bread and butter on our week long. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome. It is, it is something that has, I think, taken our game to the next level, afforded us the opportunity to do some really awesome things with the really awesome players that we have at our table. And I, I enjoy it. I would tell everybody to give it a try. Well, we're also in, in, from what I understand, a unique position where we have 12, 16, sometimes 18 people that go to our week-long. Right. There are some gaming groups that are not that large. But even still. Or that fortunate. So yeah. we, we, we almost, out of necessity, had to do this, not from the very beginning, but our group by year four was over a dozen people. Right. And we just that was just too wieldly a table. And yeah. it's like, we're going to have to split this up. And I, this is something that I did way back in the, the 80s and 90s with another individual where on the big tables we would do two DMs, but we didn't split the table. One would be running the combat or running the, the whole of it, and the other one would literally pace around the table. All right, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? And we knew how to, we had a good pace going on this. And I mentioned this to, to Scott, and he said, that's a great idea, but we're going to do it a little differently. And we ended up splitting the table and running – you know, complementary storylines and parallel storylines, even if they were on two different timelines, eventually every, it all came back. And this became very, very effective for us for a large group. It worked very well, and, especially and, when we were, I think you and Bill were the main DMs for one, and you rotated a second person through as the, the secondary DM for like three or four years before you guys took it back into the house, we'll say. Yep. Yeah, and, and the... Th the thing is, is you, this could be tricky to do. I was just about to say this same thing. 
because you have to you have to be an effective partner, right? So you have to um, you have to you have to concede to the other DM's talents that maybe are are greater than yours, right? So you got to take you got to check your ego. You know you have mm-hmm. to. You know, and and I know it's like okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to do the bulk of the story, but I'm going to do the bulk of the story with Bill's feedback, and then as far as mechanics go, Bill's going to do the majority of the mechanics, um, the monster design, and sure I'll give feedback, but I I know that that's that's his wheelhouse, and not really mine, right? So you have to. You, you have to be good partners. And, you know, and, and to, you know, to his point, as we did this, it isn't he goes to his house and writes and goes, oh, hey, check this out. And we did most of this, like, sitting side by side. Right. He would, oh, what about this? And it's like, well, I'd throw little interjections here and there. And, and what about this? And what about this? So he's cooking the meal, and I'm, I'm handing him the salt and pepper. And say, well, what about this? And what about this? And this would be a cool line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it triggers stuff. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes he went went with it. Sometimes he didn't. But then he, as he's doing it, going, all right, I need a monster here. And I'd say, well, what about this? I'd and, lay then out. We, and then we switch roles. Do you yeah, know what that's and, called? And, and then cooperative. Communication. Communication. Effective communication. Well, the thing is, then I would say, all right, this is what I, well, and he goes, but, but I need it to do this, or I want it to do this, because later on we're going to, oh, okay, I, well, I can just do this. So I am tailoring my monster to his story. He's tailoring his story to my monsters or right. magic. And then we you know, we start blending them together. And the two of us have become a fairly effective, I think, oh, no, writing more team. More so, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, and they said the style of one story, two DMs started with necessity. But after that, it's like... As no, oftentimes things do. It it works so well. We Now we have to do it this uh, way. Why change it? Because nobody's going to like it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we do tend to try to up the ante a little tend? each and every time. Every time we tr- we well, that's our goal. You know, if if we succeeded, then you know, great. That's you know, it's for the enjoyment of the tables. So it started with the stories, and then it from there it went to two to three tables at one point, and then we kept changing the storylines. Then we started started changing timelines. And then it's you know, and they broke apart and then came back together again. And then we then we went to terrain. Um, so yeah, we we're always looking to to step it up. But it like Scott said, you're partners in this. And you check your ego at the door. And what am I good at? What is he good at? If he's good at that, then here's the reins. Go with it. And he well, you know, you're better at this. Then you take the reins. And but you gotta be receptive to the input of the other person. And in our case, we've been game mastering for decades. So it's not like we haven't done it. I may not be as good a storyteller as him, but I'm definitely a storyteller. Oh, yeah. Nobody's, nobody's taking and, any of that away from me. And as, as he's going there, now my gears are turning. And in my head, I'm trying to step it up a level to his level and to make my interjections and my suggestions and stuff like that. And like I said, some he goes with, some he doesn't. Same thing with my monsters. And my magic, and when I'm doing building my maps and stuff like that, like you said, I'm I'm more of the mechanics person. Well, I, I will say you guys have the mechanics down pretty much. I mean, just from even when we're running a game, from communication to more importantly, the timing of when things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, that was that kept the story on both tables cohesive and and, and one, even though they were 
same story, just two different scenarios running into that story. We're, we're going to spill a lot of our secrets here. We are, and especially on this particular episode, yeah. but that's okay. And I, I almost want to, I almost want to quit <laughs> right here uh, because yeah. I don't, I don't want to share a lot of my secrets, and I don't want people to go. Well, that's not very fancy. It's not. I thought it was going to be a lot fancier. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not. It's it's, it's not fancy. It's it's, it's so unfancy. It is, it is cut and dry. But I the magic that happens when you have someone who appreciates your talents and appreciates your deficits, and is willing to work with, around, and for those strengths and weaknesses. And if you can find someone who offsets you in your strengths and weaknesses. I've done this before. He's done this before, but not nearly as effective as what him and I have put together because our skill sets perfectly intermesh where our strengths and our, our weaknesses are. And I think that was, that, that's been one of the huge things. Yeah. And that's really the key to being effective with the one story, two DMS mm -hmm. is, you know, you have to be able to work with, with, with that other DM, right? So you have to have faith that, okay, when, like in, in my case, when I, when I hand, hand off, you know, one half of the story to Bill, who already knows the big overarching story, right? And then you hand off the, uh, the, the story to them. You, you, have to, you have to understand, as, as I do, that, okay, uh, Bill is going to be a good custodian to the story, but he's going to, you know, it, you sit at someone else's table, they have their own style, their own flair. That's the, mm -hmm. you know, it's a different kind of, kind of energy at that table, but that story is going to be interpreted by that DM at that story or at that table. And it's, it's going to be just as good. You know, it's just, it's just a story as told by that particular DM that's running the table, you know, and, and, and vice versa. So the understanding that that is going to be there. Like Bill's not going to run it like I would, but he's going to run it. He's going to, you know, he's going to run the shit out of it. That's really all that really matters, you know, because you can hear at any given time in the <laughs> next room, you know, the level of enjoyment that's being had by the people at the table. And that's very nice, you know, because if my table's having a good, a good time and Bill hears that, well, they're having a good time, not just because I'm sitting at the table running, but they're having a good time because I'm sitting at the table and I'm running and I'm running with a bunch of Bill's input and vice versa. Yeah, very yep. And they said I you know, as we're writing to, I see his storytelling style and I'll adopt a few things there. And the, he'll be more descriptive in the story where if you run across a creature, that's where I start getting descriptive. Uh, because in my mind's eye, I have this thing nailed down pat. So the combat with monsters and creatures uh, in on my table is going to be a more little bit more descriptive on the monster, and where his table is going to be a little more descriptive in the story end. But we, I think, we both strive to do each other's work justice. And you do, yeah. And yeah. that and that's another really important thing. You know, it's you have to you have to your interpretation of the other DMs work has to you know you have to do it justice it's it's an interpretation but it's not a rewrite right that's why bill gives me pictures of the monsters he makes 
<laughs> I do. I send him. A, I send him a file to put on his on his laptop so he could literally hold it up and just show yeah. them. If if worse comes to worse, <laughs> I could just whip the picture out and go. This is it. This is what you got. Um, but it's not going to work if you don't have a partner. It's got to be a partner. It's yes, and more yeah. than just words. You know, your partner DM has to really be really be your partner. You know, there's got to be that 50-50, and there's going to be days where it's going to be 80-20, 70-30, stuff like that. And that's, yep. But that's going to fluctuate between oh, you know, that's back it. and forth. It, it'll yeah. swing. It'll mm-hmm. swing. Yep. But that that's probably the most important part of your one-story 2DM splitting the party. And it's it's beyond just that. Like, uh, the, the partnership started with the world creation – in our case, yes. Which which moved into, um, you know, uh, one story, two DMs, and it it follows through until, you know, we we turn the key in the door when we we go away because we're sending out invitations. We're sitting at the table here and we're melting ma- melting wax for the wax seals on the invitations and stuff, and oh yeah, talking about writing the invitations and. It, you know. For people who don't know, when we do our week, everyone receives an actual invitation. And we rewrite the invitation every year. Now, we I think we've only done it about six years, the last six or so. We've actually sent physical invitations. Uh, thereabouts, six or seven years. But one year it was a uh, almost like a, a herald's note that would be pinned up on the the community bulletin board. Another year, it was a direct summons from a hierarchy. Another year, it was a draft notice. Uh, so we've we've mixed it up, and some are personalized and some are generalized. But every one of them has a wax seal on it, which was a nice little touch that we came up with. And the color of your wax seal determines your status. I don't know if I, I, how many of our players realize that our founding five, our legacy members get one color and the people that came in on the second wave get another color and our new entrants. And if you've been there three times or less, get another color on your wax seal. I would have never noticed until you said that. I just know, I'm trying to remember. I think I had, I want to say it was like a, I don't know. I've seen a couple different colors, but I want to say one was a golden color. Yeah. You've always had a golden color. Okay. Yep. Then I and I must have seen somebody else. I think somebody had red. That was a newbie. new player. Yep. Okay. Yes. And then our I, our second wave all gets silver. I never put that together because most people say I got the you know and you've seen the invitation, but most people have you know they so I almost everyone has done very very careful opening yes. to preserve the wax seal. Yep. I have because um, it all has mine it has our club standard on yep. it. I had that custom made. And I, I, you know, get pick up my my waxes very specific with colors and and textures in them, and off they go. And I don't think I've ever, aside from Scott, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to anybody else. So any of our players that are following our podcast, and it better be every damn one of you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you know someone who isn't, beat them soundly about the head and shoulders with a piece of lumber for me. Thank you. But check your old invitations, and you will see that you have a specific color. From every invitation. And there's the gong, so it's time for a break. Grab your elephant guns and your hunter orange because we're hitting the stars, nerds. It's space dinosaur season. Head off on a space adventure every week with the homebrew. A D&D play podcast. Sure, 
There's lots of actual play podcasts out there. Heck, you can throw a rock and hit a dozen of them. But are any of these D&D podcasts sci-fi campaigns? You can't shake a stick at them because there ain't many, if any. And that's what sets these veteran gamers and their podcast apart from the sea of actual play podcasts. If you're new to D&D, old gamers like us, somewhere in the middle, or maybe you just like a good story. And who doesn't like a good story? Give the homebrew, a D&D play podcast, a listen. You can find them on the web at thehomebrewpodcast.com or anywhere podcasts are found. The links are in the description below. There's the gong, and now we're back from break. We try to personalize and, and step it up every year. But and I and I think we're digressing a bit from a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. So, but but it's but wow, but it's fun little points that you know that, and that's something that came up just the two of us. Hey, you know, we should send out invitations, and we did. And that's like, oh, well, we should send out invitations. Let's put a wax seal on that. Oh, let me research and see if I get a wax seal with our club standard on it. So we have, I managed to get it. And I sent it out, and it actually looks really good. They did a fantastic yeah. job on it. There's actually quite a bit of detail in there, but that's just another way to draw everybody in and make them feel welcome and to step it up another level to make them look and go, look at this. I got an invitation. And most of the stuff we're going to be going over here all revolves around our week long. This is yeah. where this became, it germinated and has after a dozen years has come into a fully functioning standard for us. So yeah, he's, he's still a little, you could tell the expression that he doesn't want to give our secrets away, but yeah, it's time. I suppose so. It's time. Yeah. We'll it's, come up with new secrets. Well, just think it's, it's helping every, the community grow. And, 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 it, and that's why, you know, it, and, and I almost feel like an ass because I'm always, <laughs> hey, we got new people. Be nice. You know, mentor them. Teach them the ways. And here I am. I don't want to tell you my secrets. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to mentor them. I'm going to teach you everything you know. I'm just not going to teach you everything I know. <laughs> One of the things that we have done done is we have started the party together and then split them into two tables so Mm -hmm. on sunday we get there right and we unpack everything and you know we do our our initial police call where we clean up the house and we always we always leave it in better condition than than we find it and not that it's a pigsty by any stretch because it's a it's a gorgeous house but we you know we like to well, well, no, so, like oh, gee, the, good. gee the, the, the piston on the spring door out back's a little loose. I have tools in the truck. Yeah. so you know, Little repairs, little fixes here and there. We always try to take care of what we can. Yeah, so the nerds come in, and they clean the house, and they fix the broken <laughs> shit, and then, they, and then they leave it. You know, it's like we're the gnomes in the shoe factory. Um, <laughs> but we'll start on Sunday at um, around, like, 3 o'clock, and we'll play till about 7, and that's when we start the party together. And then split them into two tables. So nobody really knows. But not yet. Me and Bill. Oh. Who's gonna be on what table? Yes. It may seem random at times. It is not. But we know. We are like, oh, okay, well, we need to mix some things up. You know, when people start building a bond with another another player character, it's like, all right, let's keep them together and see where this goes. Or if people do not build a bond with another player character and there's some animosity. Let's keep them together. And but that is a good way to establish the storyline right from the get go. Usually, it's a reminder of of where we left off the year before. 
Very much so, yeah. You know, reestablishing what the storyline is, what we're doing to further the storyline, and then split them up into two tables and start that joint storyline. Now, so you, you guys understand, it's it, we are not playing the same adventure, right? So what's going on at Bill's table isn't the same thing that's going on at my table. What we're doing is two separate adventures under the same storyline that are happening simultaneously. And usually this is... We usually do like big stuff on this week long thing. Yeah, you know, this it, is like world saving. Yeah, you know, we need to move to the other side of the continent or to another continent. Uh, we're using the globe, not necessarily a map from town to city. We're we're using the globe to to move to different parts, entire ecosystems, and so yeah. And and like I've mentioned before, they're they're off. They're parallel, but they could be at two different times. They could be at uh, one could be weeks, months, years previous to the other, and then at the end comes together. We've had them on two different planes of existence. Yes, we have. Yeah, time periods, time periods. We even had one group that was dead and didn't even know it. Had no idea. Not even. Not even the not game even the master. DM. The DM yep. had no idea that the, Eric the party had, was dead. Eric had no idea, and he was running for like a whole week. Yeah, I think it was towards like the second to last day. He goes, "There, there's something. There's something there. Are they dead?" And you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's when yeah. Eric, like second to last day, Eric voiced his concerns. And I, having known Eric as long as I do, I knew, I knew he was, it was germinating in his, in his mind yep. for probably at least a day before that. But that was when we had same, you know, that was an insane amount of people there. We that, had eight, that was, a there lot. was 18 people there that year. And three we had tables. Three, three tables. Yep. And we started the party together. And the dead people had no idea they were dead. Because there wasn't a lot of interaction, because we prevented that, we prevented that from Happen from out. happening. I, yeah. I, I got prevented from something, and I was yeah. I, I should that didn't catch on. Yeah, well, that was the whole point, and and even with everyone there, they were already semi separated. Yep. As as the story and the introduction went on, and all right, what are you going to? You're there, you know. Oh, who's there? Well, you're there with this one and this one. So what are you going to do? And you know, here's the situation. And okay, well, you know, a couple others gathered. Well, here's your assignment. This group here is going to do this, and this group's going to. So they never had the chance to intermingle, even though they thought they were intermingled. Yeah, we we did the uh, the old Shyamalan on them, <laughs> and and they had no idea the twist ending was coming. Yep. And I, I remember, I think it was your character talking to Len, who I was, my yep. character, I was running as an NPC. He's like, it's got to be weird for you not to be adventuring with, you know, traveling with Carolou. And that was Eric's character yep. who he was running as an NPC because we were rotate, we were rotating GMs back then. So yep. everybody kind of had a character in the event that they got the opportunity to play, which was rare for some of us. <laughs> And didn't really happen, but I digress. And I remember just saying, I don't want to talk about it. I remember that too. Because <laughs> I, I remember when we started on uh, started Health, I think we were on a battlefield or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's when I brought it up and I was like, what the hell's going on? And and she and the other characters died during yes, that battle. No, but we didn't tell them. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I caught it near the end and I, yeah. I think that's when I started to get upset because shit was going downhill and I realized it too late. <laughs> yeah, and and there were a lot of 
there were a lot of player character deaths. Yes. That was like the last year. It uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. For for that that story the seven that year storyline, yeah. So you can you can do that and split the table into as many different groups and different tables as is reasonable. The trick is just make sure your game masters are all on the same page. They have to be. They have to. They and have the same. They have the same script, so they know what's going on in the other table. The pacing is easier because okay, this is I. This is what's going on on my table, but I know what's going on on the other table, so I can hear a rawr, or catch a little phrase or a word. I know exactly where they are, so I know whether I need to speed up or slow down. And then we we do our breaks in the afternoon. We always would get together, whether it was two or three game masters. Where's your table at? Where's your table at? Where's your table at? Okay, I'll slow down. Uh, you need to speed up. You're perfect. All right, we're all online. Okay, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens on the next break. Every single day, every single break, you get together with your game masters and see where everyone is. And you can fine-tune as you go. So it looks like it's going off. It's like, how are these guys keeping this pace where all of a sudden we all come to the same place at the same time days later? This is awesome. Yeah, because we're checking on a regular basis. Well, that's why I said it's really, I said in the beginning, it's really about communication. Yeah. And I mean, you know, then talking about your timing, but communication is key to do this. Because that, yeah, that's how you manage your time. And like I said, we we make it look, well. I guess we make it look easier than it really is, but it's not really as it, difficult as you think. No, it's not because I did it that one year when we were in our the first house that we had, yep. and I think Scott was downstairs with the other group, yep. and I had to keep just keep checking with Scott. Hey, how's it going? I, where, here's where I'm at. Here's where he will tell me where he's at. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I it's scary. It's a scary undertaking, but it's not as hard as you think it is. But it's not as easy as you think it is either. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely a task, and it's something like that we've said in, in the previous episodes in this series. This is not for the fan of heart or the, a new GM. This should you should need to be a, a, a little more established yeah. and comfortable in the role of game master before you try to attempt this because it is daunting. You're writing for two tables. You're hopefully writing with your other game masters. You should be writing with your other game masters. Don't just hand them off going, or here's your part. Yeah, because... because That's not going to work. Yeah, no. it's not. It, it, it's going to be a mess. Because there's expectations that the writer ha- has, and if they're not met, you know, you just kind of washed his story away. Or vice versa. Yeah. You could have other game masters going, oh, I can't wait for this. This is great. This is all I get. Yeah. Really? When we've had we've that. Had that yeah. Too. yeah, the Eric's year when I ran with him, and I w- was handed one page with nine bullet points for a week-long game. I made it work. Yeah, you can split your table into two or three. That That's fine. You have started them all together, then split them up. So what's next? Well, we have done this before. Uh, mix things up, right? Yep. Come together again, then apart, but mix groups. Yes. So we've done that. We've where, done the shuffle. Where midweek, right, we've we've had the, the, the parties come together. They stumble upon one another. And um, they're already aware of each other. They're already familiar with with each other. So the, the, you know, the party, everybody knows everybody else. It's just, they know some people better than others. Yes. So then you, then you kind of mix things up. You pull a couple, couple players off of one table and give the other table a couple of your players. And now you have a mixed dynamic. So now it's now your, your flow that you might've established is a little off. You have to, Find your dynamic all over again. 
you have different personalities coming into play. You have uh, different talents showing up, right? The talents you were used to are now gone, but now there's this different set of talents that you have that are now present. So it keeps it interesting. One of the one of the things we did was a uh, kind of like a, a time disturbance. We had a magic tree. Yes. Yep. And it was a particular time of the year and a particular celestial convergence, which added to the magic of the tree and made it a little unreliable. So we would have people, players at our table, uh, roll percentile dice, and there was a specific number we were looking for. And wouldn't you know it, uh, everybody rolls at the table, and I, I go around, and Eric's like, this is what I got. And I'm like, okay, you're off the table. <laughs> and Eric's like, what? I said, you got to pack your things and go. <laughs> He's like, he, he, he came into my room s- sulking. It looked like, I said, what the hell did you get yelled at for? I I got sent to this table. I said, what are you standing for? Take a chair. Oh, by the way, uh, you're at the other table. Yeah. What? And I pointed to somebody, what? Oh, yeah. Um, would you roll? Yeah, you're you're at the other table. Pick up your stuff and get it hell out. That's Eric's chair. And, <laughs> and so he walked. I, I, I got kicked off of Bill's table. <laughs> So immediately the uh you know the players at the table are like what the hell just happened with Eric? And yeah, because you come out the other side of the tree yeah, it was a giant root system you had to walk yeah. through and that was the it was, the, yeah, it was that an was arch. The, yeah, it was an archway and the root system and that was the gateway. And because of the disturbances, not you know, everyone went through but not everyone ended up in the same spot. Yeah. Eric's character was missing. They make it through on the other side, and and Carol Lou's not there. But and I forget who you sent over. Was it Viviana? It was Viviana. Yes, it was. Yes. And now Viviana's there. I got Matt sitting in Eric's spot. Eric sitting in Matt's spot. And and we're like, oh, where'd you come from? And where's 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 Carol Lou? So that that's mix it up. Yep. Right. Mix it up. Make it make it a make it a grab bag or. Split the party like we we did the beginning of one year after like they lost a major battle and they had to flee and now everybody's together in a massive camp in this uh, uh, region run by a very uh, xenophobic militant uh, race of elves and now they're there worried about well eventually they're going to see the campfires because we can't not have a campfire because it's cold and there's snow on the ground. Yep. You know, or the battered remnants of an army and both tables are together and now there's some things that need to be done. So now they're all being mixed up and split up all over again. Here comes the general. And yeah. you are going here, but I want to go there. I don't care what you want. You're being assigned. That was you- trivia. Yeah, was- <laughs> I don't Frank's care what you want. Yeah. You're going this way. <laughs> but 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 can I fit in his backpack? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's uh, I always mix things up, right? Mix it up. It keeps it interesting. You want your players to get comfortable knowing what you're going to do. And once you have them feeling like they're comfortable and they know what you're going to do. Yank do on the road. Totally, yeah, totally different. And that keeps it, that keeps it interesting. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let loose one of our secrets again. When we had everyone roll dice, the numbers didn't mean jack shit. We already had it selected who was going to yes. go. I kind of figured that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the feel of randomness it, just added to the tension. Yes, it did. And it's like, what, what do you mean? I, I, no, no. You, you rolled what? Yeah. Okay. Get up. Go. Uh, and now the rest of the table, that could have been any of us. It could have been. Yep. It could have been any of us. And, 
and what happened? Well, you know, where, yeah. where are they? Or what why? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. why, why I, I don't happen? know. I, I was following so-and-so, and I'm here, and I don't know where everyone else is. And so, yeah, or like I said, the general come and assigned. And uh, once again, it looked like it was random. Uh, you, you, and oh, hell, you, and where the hell did you come from? Yeah, you can go too. And we make it look random. It's not. We know the personalities, we know the backgrounds, we know the play styles, and we move people where we need to move them, what we think is going to further the table and give everyone the greatest opportunity for enjoyment during play. And we just make it look random because that adds to the tension. So you mean to tell me yes, that even though Cork and I, Kirk, Kara, Iskander, and I did not get along, you intentionally kept us together? Yes. Damn straight. Because tension... <laughs> Makes for drama, and drama makes for good oh, storytelling. There was a lot of that, too. There was a lot. It was we, beautiful. We were not disappointed. We were not and, disappointed at all. And I remember sitting down with Bill, because when we do when we do the uh, table divisions, we're like, all right, I can't give up Cork or Lou, because <laughs> that, that Dynam- tension, that dynamic, that dynamic was just is, too beautiful. It was great, and we have to keep that. Yeah, it was like, it was like trading cards. You know, <laughs> I'll give you a Carol Lou for, for, for a scander. No, no, I'm not giving up a scander. All right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Higgardine for, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no. <laughs> and, and we also had to take into consideration because of a large group, um, the dynamic of the personalities of the players come into play as well. And you have to, with a larger group, there is yes. oftenly and almost you have to expect certain people do not play well with others. Just personalities sometimes, especially in the larger group, the more prevalent this is going to be, the more dramatic it can be. There's just some people that we just don't want sitting side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Some people and will push their friends on the swing. Other people will push, push them, them off, off the, the swing. swing. We and want I'm, to avoid that as much as possible. And then there's others that will detach the swing and beat you with it. And those are the ones that usually end up at my table. Why is my table the punishment table? <laughs> when people aren't playing nice, they get sent to my Go table. Go to Bill's table. <laughs> I remember and that. And this happened a couple of it times. It did. I remember that, too. And it's amazing how they're... they're um... Sin's been at your table like <laughs> seven years. Yes. Yes, he, he has. He started off on ours a couple of times. Yeah. And there's been others that... Yep. Did not play well, and it's like, all right, um, okay, this happened. Oh, yeah, uh, pick up your stuff. You're going to Bill's table. Bill, I'm sending you so and so. Why? Uh, because of this. So I get them? Yep. But when they get to my table, it's amazing how quickly their their uh, attitudes change. Maybe it's because I'm a short the, guy who the, carries a big stick. Principal's office. <laughs> yeah, pretty the, much. The mean principal. The mean principal. <laughs> Not, yeah, not, Have you ever been beaten with a rocking chair? <laughs> well, you're about to be. <laughs> so we said this before, but communication, right? Communication yes. among D- GMs during play is really important. We talk during breaks. We talk at, at the end of the gaming day. But we also talk while our tables are in session mm-hmm. via, like, text message. Usually it's like a, a one-word thing, like, ready or now. Like yeah. in in the in the table swap thing, it was uh, now. Yep. And because um, we in the morning, it's like okay, I'm going to send you a text uh, when I'm ready to swap. You know, it, send me a yes or a no. Yeah, you know, it's now question mark. And it, I think there was the response was like five minutes. Yep. Because I was in the middle of something, I needed to button it up. 
So he dragged a little bit. I sped it up a little bit. I think it turned into two minutes. I, I went back now, right back to him, and all of a sudden, okay, pick up your stuff. What? Pick up your stuff. What? Why? Everything. Pick up his character sheet, dice, everything. You go in the other room. What? And meanwhile, the same conversation is going on in the other room. Yep. And it's like, no. And they, they're passing each other in the hall with this completely puzzled look on both their faces. I wish I took a picture of that because it's like, what, what's going on? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You get, I, I got to get I don't know. <laughs> Go by. Come on, hurry up. Take your seat. Um, it was is a beautiful thing. It really is. But it's all about the communication. And cell phones do make things a little bit easier. Yeah. Or, the, or the, you know, like I often have a laptop out there. You do as well. We're running sound effects. We're running sound, sound boards. And we can fire back and forth off of that as well. So it, it, it definitely helps keep things on the pacing and the timing. And, and Scott does a fantastic job. When he writes things, we we have a formula we use on how we put, present our encounters and a time frame and things like that that we've worked out. So if I'm on step 32 on my sheet, I know that he's our other on 31, 32, or 33, and vice versa. So we know that a junction or a, a timing, a precise timing point, a, a, a needed timing point is coming up. So it's like, all right, you know, quick break or something. Like that. Where are you? Oh, I'm on, I'm on 32. Oh, so am I. Okay. What, you know, what do you think? 10 minutes, 15, 10. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Boom. Done. We're done. That's our communication because we've done so much prep work ahead of time because we've written it together. And that that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And part, part of the mechanics honestly, is that we adopted or that I adopted from Bill, you know, who's, who set out the mechanics was, you know, the formula that we use for encounters and how many encounters per session or how many encounters per per hour. And that has worked, you know, fantastic. Yes. And that was a formula I didn't, I did not use before we started you know, the, the one story two DM approach to our long weeks and it's worked out fine. So that, that mechanical aspect is beyond the monsters or beyond the, the numbers, but it also falls into, you know, pacing, you know, how we, how we pace our, our campaigns based on how many encounters per gaming session, how many encounters should we have, per hour, how, what type of encounters. Because um, combat usually takes a little bit longer than puzzles yep. and things like that. Oftenly, not always, but especially with, you know, larger groups, if you've got a half dozen people at your table, combat can take a little bit, especially if it gets really interesting and, and the story uh, begs for more in that combat session. Yeah, and we'll really have to do an episode. I mean, if we're just going to, like, give out all our secrets... We'll have to do an episode on on how to build your your campaign one encounter at a time. How to how to balance it. How the formula we use yeah. to do that, yeah. which has worked very well for us for the past you know dozen years. Uh, you know, cooperatively working together as uh, as DMs. And we're talking about a framework that we use, and that's all it is is just a framework. But we build the story first, and then we adopt it to the framework and see what falls in where 
and what encounters need to be lengthened, what needs to be shortened. Can we push this off to the next day? Do we have to use it on this day? But before anything, the story, we usually sit down and, and hammer out the story first. And then we, we set it on top of the framework and see where it settles. And then we make our adjustments. Yeah, and that's 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 the way that works for us. Let's build mm-hmm. build the story first, and then the mechanics within it. Right? That's yes. the, um, you know, the story is the canopy. the The mechanics is kind of like the framework that holds the the, the canopy up. Yep. Only we do it kind of ass backwards, right? Instead of erecting <laughs> the uh, instead of, the, yeah the, the framework the yeah yeah <laughs> we're building in midair first. But that's okay. It's it what works for us. Because more often than not, we're inspired for the story, and the framework is just the framework that that's established. It's we've used the same one, I think probably out of the twelve years we've probably used it ten. Yeah, but I think we established that relatively early on because by year three we had a dozen people. We needed to do something, and that's why I was like, you know, this is that's where the mechanics came in, and and we we developed and and nurtured this particular method, and we've had to do a very little tweaking to at least that part because it's literally just a skeleton that you're going to flesh out. I'm pretty confident that an established game master with a friend who's been playing with them for some time, following just these few little hints here and there, could very effectively split their table for a large period of time, short period of time, um, but put some thought into it. And make sure you work with the person you're, you know, you're going to be game mastering with. And I think that's it. Boils down to that. Yeah, that's communication and just work with the person that you're you're going to be game mastering with. So, let's wrap this up. Splitting the party, yeah, there could be problems, but there's ways to do it and ways to do it correctly. Make sure your story comes first. Make sure you plan for the split. Right to that, you'll be caught off guard considerably less. Make sure your story has some substance and make sure your players aren't bored. Keep it fast-paced, keep it entertaining, and you'll do just fine. And before we end this episode, I'd like to thank Bill and Scott on behalf of all of us that have gamed with them for the last 12 years at these week-longs. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And that's Splitting the Party, Part 4, Advanced GM Skills for Party Splitting. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at thedungeonmastersdojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.